Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition. For those of you new around here, this is, as I said, the Triage Method Podcast. I'm Gary McGowan, and my co-host here is Mr. Patrick Farrell. Um, Triage Method is a health and fitness company, and we basically uh, do coaching and education. And this is the podcast branch of our education segment. So on the podcast, what we do on a Thursday is we answer a question that has come in from uh, one of our followers or one of our clients, and you can submit those questions in the question box below. Or if you're in the Triage Method community, our Facebook group, you can drop it there, or you can just email it to us or message us or whatever. Okay, question box is the best place to do it. But this week's question is a question from a client of mine who is asking about the merits of just doing exercise classes to improve his fitness. So, you know, you know yourself when you kind of look at the fitness class timetable of a gym, they'll have classes that are called HIT classes, you know, so high intensity interval training. And typically what these classes look like is maybe a combination of some lightweight training, maybe some things like box jumps, some burpees, maybe some skipping, maybe uh, throwing medicine balls, uh, medicine ball slams, those types of things. You know, If you were in a CrossFit gym, it might be a bit more elaborate. It might be more specialized. But a lot of the time, it's just kind of some lightweight training thrown in with some plyometrics um, and maybe some bodyweight training. That's what you're looking at a lot of the time. And the thing that kind of qualifies uh, these exercise classes as being hit classes, as they say, um, is basically the, the the rest to work ratio, pretty much. You know, so very often it'll be you know something like forty five seconds on, fifteen seconds off, or thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off, and repeat for thirty, forty five, sixty minutes or whatever. And what I was saying about the merits um, of such classes is that they're fine if you just want, you know, the accountability of showing up to a session and getting involved in fitness. You know, if most people were to engage in such classes, most of the population were doing classes like this, would be in a much better place in terms of population health. Most people don't do any exercise, so it would be fantastic if more people engaged in such classes. But the, if we're going to talk about, you know, what is actually best and what should we be programming for best outcomes, these classes probably aren't the best for any one thing. Okay. So what you're basically getting when you do a class like this, you're not really doing what we would call high intensity interval training. When I, when I think of high intensity interval training, I think about someone using some sort of modality on which they can work at absolute max effort so that anything more than 10 to 30 seconds of work without a minute or two minutes or three minutes of rest would be you know, just not even manageable because they're working so hard during that period of time. And you know, definitions do vary. And obviously, it's, I'm not saying that's a hard and fast rule, but that's what comes to mind for me. So it will be something like um, uh, an, an air bike or something like uh, sprints, hill sprints, you know, uh, prowler pushes, anything where like there's resistance and you have to work max effort. That's what I think of when I think of the ability to, to do high intensity interval training. So although these classes are called hit classes, what you're actually doing is you're kind of you're basically just fluctuating up and down. You're doing very light resistance work, so you're not going to gain that much strength or muscle. You're kind of doing basically steady state with slight fluctuations throughout the class. So you're getting kind of an aerobic type workout, but with probably more fatigue than you need to get for the amount of uh, aerobic type of work that you've done. So when, when I kind of think of that, I'm like, yeah, again, that's fine for most people. But if someone is saying, how do I... Um, 
and get the most out of my, my strength outcomes, we're going to do strength specific training. If someone's saying, how do I get the most out of building my anaerobic capacity or my capacity to produce peak power or get faster or whatever, we're going to do different types of work. We're, I, I need you to be doing something that you can do at max effort and with sufficient rest for you to be able to repeat those efforts, you know? So if you're doing something that's trying to, you know, maximize your ability to, 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 to produce energy really quickly and to continue producing force and power um, at, at your max capacity, like working longer than 10 to 30 seconds is, is just not, it's not really doing that. You know, it, that's digging into to different energy systems as you move along. And if you're not allowing yourself to recover, then you're not actually repeating those bouts, you know? So if you're not resting for like one to three minutes, between those max effort intervals, you're not actually recovering and it just becomes increasingly uh, aerobic and lower output because you're not able to repeat the efforts. Um, and then in terms of the actual like aerobic side of things, if someone's saying, you know, I want to improve my uh, steady state aerobic fitness over longer periods of time, that's what I want to do. I want to build my endurance. Then if you're doing 60 minutes and you're kind of doing, you know, some periods where you're, you're working really, really hard and you're really short to breath and you're doing weight training, the skill involved, et cetera, you're actually just getting way more fatigue than you need to for the amount of aerobic work that you've done. So overall, I think it's inefficient for each respective component of fitness that's involved. It's fine for the general population, but as you begin to move to trying to maximize more specific components of fitness, I don't really think you're best served by doing such classes. And I think the, the terminology of hit um, probably gets exploited a little bit here. Like, I don't think it's malicious in any way. Like, I think it's completely fine to call them hit classes. Uh, but I just think that in terms of the definitions of what we're talking about, we talk about hit or we talk about sprint interval training, for example. Um, sometimes when we, when we see the benefits, let's say from research, if you look at research studies and the interventions that have been employed um, to call you know, those interventions, the same as what we're seeing in a hit class, um, it's, it's often not the case, you know, um, would you agree? I would hundred percent agree. I actually don't have anything to add to that. I'm basically, yeah, it's kind of get, quick enough. You get the worst of all worlds, you know, it's like, this is definitely better than doing nothing. You know? For sure. I don't think anyone would argue with that. However, it's not better than doing specific work for any of those, whether it's, you know, again, specific resistance training or specific, like we'll call it energy systems training because yeah. you know, it's probably the easiest way to call it like, or cardio. Some people call it that, but you know, it can come in various forms. Like you can be kind of like, you know, higher resistance cardio, you know? Um, so it's energy systems training either way, you know? Yeah. I'm, I don't really have anything else to add. Basically it's like, yeah, it's good if you're doing nothing else and you're just like, All right, I enjoy classes, you know? And more power to you. You know, I know a lot of people just don't enjoy doing the gym on their own, you know, like doing their own cardio on their own or doing their own resistance training on their own. They just want a class structure. And if that's the class that's provided in your local, you know, community center, your local gym, your local, whatever, you know, and it's like, that's going to get you to exercise. Happy days. Go for it. You know, but if you're like, Oh no, I actually want to work on these specific adaptations or, you know, I want to, be more efficient with, you know, my caloric expenditure. You're like, Oh, I want to burn more calories. Um, you know, maybe they're not the, the most beneficial, like they're definitely good, you know, but again, there's probably more targeted work that you could do, you know? Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be a, an advocate, but I also wouldn't be against them. You know, I think that it's, I think it's a good component of the health and fitness industry overall, 
yeah, we could argue that, like you said, they are being a bit uh, out there with the naming of it in terms of it's like, oh, high intensity training, uh, high intensity hit training, I should just say. Um, I don't think that that's correct necessarily, but that's really just like semantics where we're just, yeah. what's the definition of this word? What's this exact terminology? Which, you know, has its place for sure. Um, but if it's a concept or if it's a, uh, modality that gets more people training and they enjoy it happy days you know like you mentioned crossfit now obviously like you're not saying that crossfit is you know just a, a hit class or whatever like mm. there's definitely some very intelligently programmed crossfit classes and you know it's a, a lot more than effectively just you know circuit training effectively um but like they do it really well because there's a community aspect and you know all those kind of things and if that's what gets you going to one of those classes or that's what gets you going to anything that gets you exercising i'm all for it you know so if you enjoy them and you want to keep going to them happy days you know it's probably not the best for muscle building it's probably not the best for fat loss it's probably not the best for you know uh, improving your fitness or your performance or whatever but ultimately if it gets you going and it gets you exercising i'm all for it you know like people love uh to give out about crossfit they also love to give out about you know like any of those like body pumps or body attack or any of those other like les mills classes or whatever it is um but ultimately they get people exercising and that's the goal. You know, if they enjoy it, happy days, you know? Um, and if it's just a, an argument over whether they should be calling these things like high intensity classes or whether they should just call them classes, um, then that's, it's not really helpful. However, like in your case of your, your client, if we're looking for specific adaptations or, you know, we're looking to achieve a, a certain outcome, you know, maybe they're not the, the best modality to use. And, probably the final thing that I want to just touch on with this and ask you is people like to also say that, you know, these classes have a, a higher likelihood of like injury risk and stuff, and that could potentially be a negative. Would you agree with that? Or would you not agree with that? Cause again, like if we're talking like circuit classes, like again, people like to bag on CrossFit in terms of, you know, injury, everyone's injured, you know, but like, I know people just go to the regular gym and they're always injured, you know? And people do jujitsu and they're definitely always injured. So it's not like, you know, that's not a, an outcome that can happen from training. You know, like I injured my back, like I slipped a disc just squatting, you know, and I wasn't doing CrossFit, you know, but anyway, so injury risk on it, like, does that modify your, your thought process? Uh, y- yes, I would say so. I think like, I think, Again, I think we had a specific podcast Q&A on this around the time of the start of lockdown because people were you know, doing a lot of novel exercises and stuff. And my philosophy on this is kind of, um, and I say philosophy because it's kind of just a bigger picture way of thinking rather than just saying like, oh, this is, you know, it applies to the, this case and this case and this case. But my, my philosophy on it is if you're prepared for a task, the injury risk is always lower. If you're not prepared for a task, the injury risk is almost always going to be higher. Okay. So if you try to do a hundred burpees and the probability of you getting injured from doing a hundred burpees, if you've never done 90, if you've never done 80, if you've never done 70 and is going to be higher. And sometimes what these classes try to do is maintain um, your perception of fatigue or soreness as the measure of, the effectiveness of the class. So what they might do is rotate things and in- include more challenges and stuff for no real reason other than to induce tiredness and fatigue. And I think that's that's where it becomes a bit more of a problem. Uh, because if you go into, cl- into the class one day and 
they're like, you know, oh, we're going to do 200 bodyweight squats to start today, you know, and you never do bodyweight squats. And maybe you squat in the gym and you've got, you actually, you've actually got heavy squats the next day and you do your hundred, hundred bodyweight squats and you're like, oh yeah, that was fine. You know, not too big of a deal. Yeah. My legs were burning. The next day you wake up and all oh, your groin's real tight. Your hips are feeling a bit tight. It was new. You know, you don't really feel too fresh. And then you go and you do, you do your heavy squats. You're already in a position where you're more fatigued from that. Um, and maybe if you're not too smart, about programming your subsequent strength training, you could still be at higher risk of injury because you've in- introduced um, novelty and potentially excessive fatigue into the system, you could say. Uh, so that's the way I would think about it for people is, you know, um, just think about how prepared you are uh, for the task and think about what you're doing uh, under a state of fatigue as well, because that would be the one criticism I would have of poorly planned uh, CrossFit training or cross training in general is that sometimes the, the the pure measure is how tired you get and you end up doing complex tasks that you have no mastery over or no skill in in an injured state or in, in a fatigued state sorry and then you do have a, a, a probably a higher uh, probability of getting injured like if even even like a simple thing it doesn't even have to be like a muscle strain but if you're doing a a box jump. And you're trying to do 50 box jumps. And the first one was at your kind of thresholds where like, oh, you know, you probably only have a few more inches in you. Like the chances of you slipping and falling back on your, on your, on your neck, you know, are going to be higher when you're in a more fatigued state. So yeah, that stuff isn't very likely um, all the time, but it can happen. And it's probably more likely to happen when you are uh, in that fatigued state. So, so yeah, um, prepare for what you're going to do. Um, and, and also just, you know, if you're, if you're a coach and you're running these types of classes in, I would always try to remind people, and I say this to all my clients that tiredness is not the outcome. You know, it's, it fatigue is not the outcome. Soreness is not the outcome. Like we don't have to celebrate those things. They're part of the equation. As, a, as we always say, if someone is doing uh, chest training, uh, under our tutelage and they're saying yeah i feel my chest uh, being stimulated during the workout i get a sore chest after the workout i can rest assured that our training um planning and your technique is you know appropriate for training the chest if you're saying your shoulders are always sore and your chest is never sore then again that that absence of chest soreness um, is something that can be useful but once you tell me that your chest is sore i'm not going to say okay, let's make it sore our next week. Or if it's not sore, that it's not a good thing. So, so yeah, you know, soreness is part of the equation, but it's not, um, it's not the outcome. Wonderful. I think that answers the question wonderfully, Gary. So uh, I have nothing else to add to that. Um, I don't know if you do. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely no. If you just like, uh, if you like exercise classes, please tear away, keep going with them. And obviously they vary in terms of what exercise classes you can do. You know, um, you even see that in, in jujitsu, for example, like jujitsu is technically an exercise class, you could say, uh, but obviously it's a specific martial art. But if you go to some um, jujitsu gyms, you do, you do get, you know, people who are just trying to make you tired uh, for little reason, really. You know, it's not always the best planned training. So there's always going to be um, variation between different classes that you do. You know, you might be doing a, a spin class that actually, you know, is, is fantastic for you because it's, you know, you're used to doing it. You've been doing it for a long period of time. You like cycling. It's your preferred means of cardio. And that's absolutely fine. You know, you're prepared for it. But, you know, just doing a a circuit class where you're kind of jumping around and just getting tired for no reason when you could be doing maybe a better mode of training. Um, that's probably not the, the best option for those looking for best outcomes. But anyway, that's it. Um, 
if you're interested in uh, working with us and, and getting your cardio in order, getting your whole training planning in order, and you don't want to you know, do exercise classes anymore, you could work with us uh, online. We do have online coaching spaces available if you're interested in that. Um, I do actually have a number of clients who do exercise classes alongside the programming that I provide, because that's something that people do ask often is, um, you know, oh, I, I, I had, um, I do an exercise class with uh, one of the girls, you know, we go twice a week. I like going or whatever. Is that okay? Of course. Like that's fine. And the good thing about that is that even if you are someone who's saying, I appreciate that my training uh, with the exercise classes is not optimal, you can still be smart with your training otherwise and, and program around that and say, okay, you know, I know that we do lots of jump squats on a Monday, so I won't squat on a Tuesday. You know, I'll rest because I know I'm sore. So you can still be smart. And if you'd like help with that, we do have coaching spaces available. If you're just a coach yourself and you want to kind of, you know, get on the path to upskilling um, in terms of your own knowledge and the application of information in practice we do have a membership site that's dedicated to that that's the triage method coaches corner which you can subscribe to below um, you'll join a community of trainers who are very much in a similar mind frame as yourself if you are someone who's interested in your own development as a coach um, and, and hopefully we can we can help you grow um, other than that we have a newsletter if you'd like to just keep up with us triage method newsletter we also have a facebook group the triage method community and if you just like to keep up with our social media and the content we're producing uh, you can subscribe or follow uh, at triage method on instagram facebook twitter and youtube as well for video content wonderful anyway as we always say it's literally too easy too easy <laughs>